Good morning. Uh, let's take time and continue uh, in prayer. Our God, you are great, and you are majestic, and you are wonderful and magnificent. Your judgments are unsearchable. Lord God, even as we slept last night, you were sustaining the universe. You designed our bodies to sleep, and now here we are, Lord, feeling the sun on our faces in this park basking and enjoying your creation. We thank you for this time that we have in this park to gather together to worship you, to bring our praises to you. You deserve our praises and our worship. And Lord, now as we open your word, we pray that it would be pleasing in your sight, the meditation of our hearts, the words of my lips. And Lord, may your name be made great this morning, we pray in the, in the mighty and in the powerful name, the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Over in the 33rd Psalm, there is a call put forward that we should stand in awe of God because God brought the entire universe into being simply by speaking. He did that. Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. I wonder if you came to this part this morning already in your heart and in your mind, standing in awe of God. I fear that in our day we are so inundated and so overtaken by visual spectacles on our phone screens and grandiose special effects in the movies that we watch that we have sort of become numbed out to the greatest realities that there are, which are God and his creative power, and the evidence that we see in ourselves, and the evidence that we see in the rest of creation of that creative power of Almighty God. Did you know that over on the African savannas right now, there are termite mounds built by termites that are air-conditioned using solar power? Astonishing, right? These air-conditioned termite mounds with their brilliant termites have come straight from the mind of God. Or have you considered why there are flavors that bring you pleasure? Now, we're just about to eat lunch, and some of us already are looking forward to the flavors that we will encounter. Food gives us nutritional value. And really, that's all that we need to survive. But God didn't stop at nutritional value. He added pleasing flavors to the food that we eat. The food item 
hits our tongue, and our tongue has been designed with taste buds, and the taste buds sense salty or sour, peppery or sweet, and instantaneously our brain is messaged, and we get pleasure while we eat. Again, astonishing when we really stop to think about it. The fact that there are pleasing flavors, friends, should cause us to worship. It points to God who dreamed all of it up. In his book, The Pleasures of God, John Piper tells us about the amazing European water spider, uh, a spider that has sprung from the mind of God. Now just picture this in your mind's eye for a moment. Piper writes, I'm quoting him here, The European water spider lives at the bottom of a lake, but it breathes air. It comes to the top of the water, does a somersault on the surface, and catches a bubble of air. Then it holds the bubble over the breathing holes in the middle of its body while it swims to the bottom of the lake and spins a silk web among the seaweed. It goes up and brings bubble after bubble until a little balloon of air is formed under its silk web where it can live and eat and mate. Again, God created that spider. The wonder that is that spider points us to the awesome mind of God who dreamed up the spider and spoke the spider into being. Now, we could add so many other wonders in the natural world here. Things like delicate ecologies that exist only within mountain ranges. Or the fact that right now in this park, consider this, we are about 150 million kilometers away from the sun. The sun is that great big nuclear reaction that is suspended in the sky. We're about 150 million kilometers away from it, and at this moment we are experiencing one part in 2 billion, 200 million parts of the sun's energy output. But that one part of 2 billion, 200 million is still more than enough for us to feel quite warm. Or we could also talk about the sense of beauty that strikes us when we gaze at a black orchid or at a lily. We could mention the wonder-inspiring fact of human consciousness. We could mention the almost unbelievable abilities of the human eye. Or we could talk about the symbiotic relationship, this is interesting, that exists between a crocodile and an Egyptian plover. The Egyptian plover, the bird, feasts on the food that is caught in the crocodile's teeth, so it gets nutritional value from the food, and meanwhile, at the very same time, the crocodile gets his teeth cleaned. He gets a benefit as well. Astounding. God has created that relationship as well. But here's the point. All of it, every created awe that we can think of is meant to point away from itself 
to the one who created it. As Paul Tripp has put it, every awesome thing in creation is designed to point you to the one who alone is worthy of capturing and controlling the awe of your searching and hungry heart. Again, every awesome thing in creation is designed to point you to the one who alone is worthy of capturing and controlling the awe of your searching and hungry heart. Growing up, as I did in Alberta, during the summertime, we would drive two hours north of Edmonton to our family cabin, which was located at Calling Lake, Alberta. And I think even to this day, uh, it's still my favorite place on earth. I was always so excited as a kid growing up to get out to the lake. Coming out of the town of Athabasca, you see the sign, Calling Lake, 64 kilometers. And the excitement builds because now you know you're getting close to the lake. Now here's a question. Would it make sense for me to stop the car at that point where the sign is and walk over to the sign and say, I've arrived. Of course it wouldn't make any sense to do that because the sign is not what I'm looking for, right? The lake itself is what I'm looking for. The sign is just a pointer to the lake, which is still 64 kilometers away. So I keep driving past the sign to the lake. Friends, the point is, created glories, the sunshine on your face right now, all these magnificent trees, created glories, created pleasures like flavors, the sight of a mountain range, the awesome air-conditioned termite mound, orchids, falling in love. These are all signs. They are signs pointing away from themselves to what we are really looking for. God Himself, who created all the signs. There are measures of beauty and pleasure that come through the signs, through the created wonders, but the pure, inexhaustible, overflowing source of beauty and pleasure is God Himself. My hope this morning is simply that each of us will begin to see the wonders and the pleasures of creation for what they are. They are only references. They are only allusions to the awesome and the transcendent God who created them. My hope is that our level of awe toward God would steadily increase for each of our remaining days before we die, at which point we will meet Him face to face. So again, the the question, friend, do you regularly find yourself in awe of God? Now here's a really amazing thing that I want you to digest as we work this toward a conclusion. I don't think there's anybody here who would pass up the opportunity to become truly wise, if you could, to become a person known for his or her wisdom. If someone had the power to do so, uh, came up to you and said, 
Today I'm going to grant you real wisdom. Would you not jump at the opportunity to have real, lasting wisdom? Well, this morning, God is saying such a thing to you and to me, but what is the way to wisdom? Now listen carefully to Job 28.28, where the godly man Job is speaking. In that verse we read these words, and I want you to listen carefully. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The word fear in that verse is translated from a Hebrew word that can mean fear, as in terror or horror, but the word can just as easily mean awe. I notice that both the Jewish author Abraham Heschel and the Christian commentator Tremper Longman prefer the translation awe in this verse. So again, the verse would read this way, that the awe of the Lord, that is wisdom. The awe of the Lord, that is wisdom. Do you want wisdom in your life? A show of hands. Everybody's hand hopefully will go up. If you want wisdom in your life, it will mean that you must necessarily be in awe of Almighty God. Awe in God is wisdom according to our verse. To be wise in this life means that you must have what Tremper Longman calls a kind of knee-knocking fear that one feels in the presence of a vastly more powerful, even though benevolent, person. You must have awe. Abraham Heschel describes awe this way as the sense of wonder and humility inspired by the sublime or felt in the presence of mystery. He says, awe, unlike fear, does not make us shrink from the awe-inspiring object, but on the contrary, draws us near to it. Friends, if we would be wise in this world, we must be in awe of God. Wisdom will not come through our being smart, through our human calculations, using our faculties of knowledge, Wisdom comes only when one is in awe of God. Behold, the awe of the Lord, that is wisdom. And so how do we get there? How do we nurture a sense of awe? And how do we increase in our awe of God? Well, the Bible tells us that an awe of God can be learned. That's the good news. In Deuteronomy 4.10, God told Israel to gather in order to hear the words of God so that they would learn to be in awe of God. In Deuteronomy 7.17.19, the king in Israel was to read the law of God always so that he would learn to be in awe of God. So God says that we can learn to be in awe of Him. And the primary way to learn this awe in God is the regular reading and reflection on the Word of God, the Bible. 
Now, what's the main subject of the Bible? The main subject of the Bible is Jesus Christ. And what we see as we read the New Testament Gospel accounts is that over and over again, people are filled with awe as they watch Jesus Christ in action. Just consider for a moment all of the places, just in the Gospel of Mark, very quickly, where people were filled with awe as they beheld Jesus. So when Jesus spoke to the raging wind and sea, and the the wind and the sea became calm, Mark 4.41 says that the people were filled with great fear. They were filled with a knee-knocking sense of awe. Because Jesus is awesome. I know we use that word awesome so much in our culture that it's been kind of evaporated of meaning. But Jesus is truly awesome. After Jesus healed a demon-possessed man, Mark 5.20 tells us that the people marveled. Again, they were in awe of Jesus and of His power. And then when Jesus healed a 12-year-old girl, Mark 5.42 reports that the people were overcome with amazement. No one inspires awe like Jesus Christ. Mark 6.2 says that as Jesus preached in the synagogue, many who heard Him were astonished. Astonished. Filled with awe. And then when Jesus walked on water, imagine a man walking on water. When Jesus walked on water, Mark 6.51 says that His disciples were utterly astounded. I think that's putting it mildly. I probably would have fainted at the sight of a man walking on water. After another healing, it says in Mark 7.37 that folks were astonished beyond measure. In Mark 9.15, the people were greatly amazed just at the sight of Jesus. And in Mark 12.17, after a significant display of Jesus' wisdom, it says that the people marveled at Him. My question to you this morning is, are you a person right now who is in awe of Jesus Christ? Jesus is God come to this earth in human flesh. His miracles and His creative power and His teaching and His cross and resurrection are truly awesome. And wisdom in our lives will only come when we learn to be in humble awe of Jesus. Behold the awe of the Lord, that is wisdom. I would love the opportunity to talk to you more about this in this park today. If you have questions, if you want to give me pushback, if you want prayer, please approach me or one of our kind and loving leaders at Snowden, and we'd be very glad to have a conversation with you. I want to pray for us now, simply that each of us would increase in our awe of God as He has revealed Himself in Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for an increasing hunger for reading Your Word. 
And not just in a way that is quick and one verse for devotional purposes, but that you would increase in a hunger in us to read large sections and swaths of your word day by day, that, that we would be people who just can't get enough Bible. And Lord God, I also want to pray for each of us that you would give us wisdom, as we are in awe of you, wisdom to share the good news, wisdom in witness to people around us. Lord, I I pray for wisdom for ourselves that we would perceive the ways in which this world wants to make God appear smaller than He is, more manageable than He is, less of a consuming fire than He is. I pray, Lord, that our vision of God and His grandeur and His transcendence would increase and that we would increasingly be people whose jaws drop at the awesomeness and power and greatness of you, our God. These things I pray in the mighty and powerful name of the only Savior that you have sent, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the team for leading us in music this morning, doing such a fantastic job. And thank you also uh, to everybody who had a hand today in making this possible, setting up uh, tents, bringing the tables over, bringing chairs, all the logistics. We thank you as a team. You all know who you are. And uh, this concludes the uh, official final part of our worship service. Obviously, uh, my instruction to you is to stick around to eat and fellowship together while, where we will continue in the worship of our good God together. It's a beautiful day. Uh, please stick around. It's going to be a great time. Um, I want to give a benediction now to you as we uh, prepare to eat. And I also want to pray uh, God's blessing over the food. So the benediction is, may God's grace and mercy follow you wherever you go and whatever you do. May Jesus' teachings and redeeming love give you a disciplined, holy life. May the Holy Spirit's presence give you joy in serving others and being a light in this world's darkness. Eat today in peace. Amen. And let's pray and ask God's blessing on our time together. Jesus, thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for coming from heaven and condescending to be in the muck and mire in which we find ourselves to lift us out of it and bring us back to a right relationship with God. Father, we thank you for this time we've had in the park today and we pray your blessing, the Holy Spirit's blessing over our food. We thank you for creating it and giving it to us and we pray that we would enjoy the fellowship of Father, Son, and Spirit for the remainder of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.